Hello, and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly podcast that takes a look at popular songs of the past and dives into their history, their meaning, or any other things that might be of interest surrounding those songs. My name is Claude Call, and this episode was brought to you by The Miracle of Science. Hey, if you want to get in touch with me, probably the best way to find me is on Twitter, at HowGoodItIsPod. Or you can leave a comment on the website, howgooditis.com, where you can find some additional trivia, follow-ups, and other stuff that I found interesting. And I'm hoping that I sound a little bit better this week than I did last week. You know, I wasn't, this area that I live in wasn't directly affected by uh, any of the storms, but uh, it has been playing a little bit of havoc with the weather, and that's playing a little bit of havoc with my voice. So I'm hoping I'm in a little bit better voice tonight. You know, when I started putting this podcast together, one of the things that I wanted to avoid was spending too much time on songs by the Beatles, mostly because every move the band has made has been documented in many, many books or radio specials or TV documentaries or something or other. In fact, Sirius XM now has a Beatles channel, which has been pretty popular, and they've got the Fab Forum show, which features Dennis Elsis and Beatles historian Bill Flanagan spouting all kinds of facts and trivia. Plus, Flanagan does some themed playlists that run periodically, and Peter Asher of Peter and Gordon, he does a show with some cool stories. For instance, Asher shared recently that his mother contributed to a Beatles song by double-checking Paul McCartney's French. I think you can guess which song Paul was working on at the time. Anyway, if you're a Beatles fan and you have Sirius XM satellite radio, you got to set that radio to channel 18 and then rip off the knob. But more often than not, they don't spend a lot of time looking at the Beatles' solo careers. So today we're going to take a look at a couple of pieces by the one the press called The Quiet Beatle, George Harrison. The early and mid-1970s were a little bit rough for the former Beatle. In 1970, he'd released My Sweet Lord, and as it turned out, he did so reluctantly because when he was mastering the All Things Must Pass album, George announced that there wouldn't be any singles released from the album. All Things Must Pass was a three-disc album, and he didn't want anything to detract from that. But the U.S. executive from Apple Records, business manager Alan Klein, and producer Phil Spector all pushed for My Sweet Lord to be released right away. George was also reluctant because Billy Preston was only a couple of weeks away from releasing his version of the song, which had more of a gospel sound. In fact, you're going to hear the Edwin Hawkins singers here. But ultimately, George's version was released as a double A side with Isn't It a Pity. The single version, by the way, is a different mix from the album, which has less echo and slightly different backup vocals. To my ear, when you hear it on the radio today, you're hearing the album version. Well, the song went to number one pretty much all over the world, and most people know what happened next. A company called Bright Tunes filed a lawsuit against George Harrison and his publishing company and BMI Music, and Apple Records, among others, alleging copyright infringement of this song, He's So Fine, which was written by Lonnie Mack and popularized by the Chiffons. 
Bright Tunes, as it turned out, was in financial straits at the time. So Alan Klein tried making an offer to have George buy Bright's entire catalog of songs, but they couldn't come to an agreement before the company was forced into receivership. So that put the case on hold for a while. Then, in 1973, George, along with John Lennon and Ringo Starr, chose to sever business ties with Alan Klein. And that turned out to be a bitter split, and it led to more lawsuits. As the dust settled, George made an offer to Bright Tunes of 40% of his composer and publisher royalties, along with the stipulation that he retained the copyright for a song. Now, most people, including Bright's lawyer, thought that this was a pretty good offer. Well, it was rejected. Later on, it turned out that Alan Klein had renewed his effort to purchase the entire company, only this time he was trying to buy it for himself. So he turned into a kind of mole feeding sales figures and other insider details about the song to Bright Tunes. It all got so crazy that the Chiffons themselves got into the act, recording their own version of My Sweet Lord in an effort to draw some extra attention to the lawsuit. finally went to court in February of 1976. That's right, five years later. And when the court reconvened in September, it was determined that Harrison had subconsciously copied the song. Judge Richard Owen said in his conclusion to the proceedings, quote, did Harrison deliberately use the music of He's So Fine? I do not believe he did so deliberately. Nevertheless, it is clear that My Sweet Lord is the very same song as He's So Fine with different words and Harrison had access to He's So Fine. This, under the law, is infringement of copyright and is no less so even though subconsciously accomplished." Unquote. Eventually, Bright Tunes was awarded a huge amount of damages, close to $1.6 million, all of which set new legal precedents and genuinely knocked George for a loop. In fact, he said it made him too paranoid to write anything for a while. This is a pretty dark story, so let me shine a couple of lights on it. During the damages portion of the lawsuit, Alan Klein's Abco Industries finally got ownership of He's So Fine, and with the copyright came the claims from the lawsuit. Klein then turned around and tried to sell the song to George Harrison. But by early 1981, Klein's duplicity finally turned around and bit him. The court ruled that the entire time, Klein had a fiduciary duty to Harrison, and these rather greasy actions, that's my words, not the court's, Anyway, his actions were in violation of that duty, so Harrison's damages were reduced by about two-thirds to $587,000. The other happy note is that shortly before the judgment came down in 1976, George wrote and recorded a song inspired by the case titled This Song. It's an up-tempo, boogie-woogie kind of tune, and it clearly allowed George to release a few demons.
song has a lot of little shout-outs in it, including the beginning of the second verse you're about to hear, where he specifically calls out bright tunes. The other thing you're going to hear in the background in a few seconds is Monty Python member Eric Idle using his falsetto pepper pot voice to imitate a couple of women saying, could be sugar pie honey bunch. No, sounds more like rescue me. So it's kind of clear that George is poking a little fun at the fact that there are only eight notes in the scale and a lot of songs sound like a lot of other songs. What's extra fun is the video that George made to promote the song, which debuted on Saturday Night Live on November 20th, 1976, just a few weeks after the court decision was handed down. Harrison got a lot of his friends to appear in the film, which is set in a courtroom, and it's a happy brand of anarchy that includes Harry Nilsson, Ron Wood, and Keith Richards, both in drag, George's future wife Olivia, and there's even a brief shot of Pete Best. Yes, the same Pete Best who was replaced by Ringo Starr in The Beatles. You'll also notice drummer Jim Keltner as the judge, and he spends the entire time he's on camera tapping his gavel in time with the music. Keltner didn't play drums on the record, though, but Tom Scott did, and you do see him in the video. And I couldn't confirm this, but there are a couple of reports that one of the prosecutors in the video is played by a young Michael Richards, who later played Kramer on the show Seinfeld. You can check out the video at our website and let me know what you think. This song was the first single off of George's album 33 and one third, which refers, of course, to the speed of an album on a turntable, but it was also George's age at the time of recording. And while the album got mixed but generally good reviews, over time it stood up as one of his better albums of that decade. And frankly, this song is one of my favorite singles from George Harrison. Oh, that was quick. That's it for this edition of How Good It Is. If you want to get in touch with me, well, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter at howgooditispod. Or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where I throw in a few extra bits of trivia for you. And you know what? I'm going to link to the uh, George Harrison video for this one because it is a lot of fun. Go over there. Go to howgooditis.com and take a look. Next time. We're going to discover how good it is to sample some tequila. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you then.